Hey, Brightsiders. I know, it's almost on time this morning. Isn't that amazing? I'm really trying to stay on track. Uh, well, that's why it's kind of ironic that we're doing the bright side of quitting, but I think this is a really good episode. I have, a, you know, another fellow com uh, pothead comedian, Michael Glazer, on, so you guys should enjoy that. And, you know, we're both mutual friends with Fred. Uh, Fred's BS. So guys, just so you know, you can still go to fredsbs.com and use promo code BRIGHTSIDE. That's one word to get 20% off your first order. So yeah, be sure to do that since when you get the munchies, you're going to want some brownies and some cookies and all that jazz and jam. Mm -hmm. That's what the S stands for. Spreads. Yeah, it's not, it's not shit, guys. You know, I swear, even though I've done that joke a few times here. But you know what? Why don't we just get on to the episode? All right. Enjoy. It's Mrs. Bradside. Uh, open up the curtains. Look outside. What's outside? It's Mrs. Bradside. Tell me. All right. Yeah, you're listening to Mrs. Brightside, where the glass is always half full. It's your CBD or CBT on CBD. I always fuck that up because I'm always high. I don't know um, what CBT, yeah. what does CBT stand for? It's uh, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Are you a so, therapist? Um, not licensed. I do have a master's degree in psychology, though. That's why I do this. Yeah. Aha. Uh -huh. um, okay. My yeah, so Cognitive Behavioral Therapy is what this whole thing is about. It's talking about the bright side of stuff. So, yeah, I have uh, comedian Michael Glazer here to talk about the bright side of some stuff. Tell people who you are. Uh, Other than what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I, I, you, you can find me at Glazer Boo Hoo Hoo on Instagram and Twitter. And my website is Glazer Boo Hoo Hoo and dot dot dot. Whatever. Yeah. Like, we, find me if you like listening yeah. to this. How about that? Oh, oh, but I will ask you, like, what is cognitive behavioral therapy? Essentially, it is just changing your way of thinking. Like, um, as Adam Carolla would say, you know, Podfather... It's um, changing your wiring is how he did it. Like, you know, because he had to change his poor, you know, lazy wiring, much like myself. Like, because I also come from poor lazy. And, you know, you just, in order to make it as a comedian, you have to really change your way of doing that because a lot of it is working for free and getting out there. So I just kind of wanted to sort of do that with podcasting, especially considering 90% of podcasts are just super negative. Oh. So I'm like, yeah, and like so many people are so depressed these days. I know myself, it's hard for me to do this sometimes, but that's what I need to do it, is try to talk about the bright side of stuff. That's why I liked your idea, the bright side of quitting. Yes. Because um, sometimes you do just need to quit. Quitting's the best. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst, and it's mm. the best. It's the worst because you're a failure. <laughs> Yeah, that's but how it's you the feel. Best. Yeah, because I know recently I quit something, you know, in the past few months that I had been doing for years. But I mean, it didn't pay, but it was fun for a while. But as I said, if you're not getting paid and it's no longer fun and you feel like you plateaued, why are you still here? <laughs> and you felt like you plateaued. Yeah, it was uh, After Buzz TV and because a lot of people still ask, I know why, after why'd Buzz. you leave? And I'm sure. like, because I was done. I didn't know yeah. you were doing it for free, though. Oh, you didn't know? Yeah, that's what a lot of people don't realize. Because um, let's just say the internet does lie and say that people get... I, it's cute how they said our salaries were. And I'm like, no wonder we can't get other jobs. Mm -hmm. Because people think we're getting paid good money to do this. And we are getting paid zero dollars to do that. But you had a great time. Yeah, for, the, for a lot of it. As I'll say, once it quit becoming fun... Is when, I mean, especially when you're not getting, it's sort of like stand-up with some people. I'm like, you know, you should be enjoying it when yeah. you're going out and doing it. If you're not, you know, maybe take a break. But, you know, some people, it's just like, you know, just see, ain't your thing. See, but I think of quitting yeah. a little bit broader than just yeah. like a, a free job that maybe yeah. promise you exposure or you get better at hosting. And I, I think of quitting as like give up on your dream if it's not the right exactly. dream yeah and that's what i say like because i know a lot of people who have been doing stand-up specifically a lot and i'm just like you know you're not improving maybe this isn't your thing because to me there's there's value in doing stuff if you're improving every week but if you're not like i say you know or like you say quitting just in a broader sense like but do you think it's relationships for yeah. sure oh yeah. yeah oh especially relationships oh yeah cut ties all day i keep my I'm circle not. tight I'm like, I'm done with that bitch. You know? <laughs> it's like, next. <laughs> but 
but but it, I, I don't want to disparage anyone from enjoying yeah. something. And if stand-up is just a hobby, like to specifically stand-up, we can talk about that because yeah. you do stand-up also. But if it's just like, if it's a hobby and you love it, then fucking love it. Lean yeah. into that. It's not like you have to sell out an arena to consider being what it's whatever you define success as i think though for quitting i I, when i when i've quit things in the past i've always been someone who immediately was came to an honest conclusion with myself i'm real hard on myself i have a big ego i'm my worst quit yeah yeah. my ego is large i'm a bit of a narcissist and i expect myself to be incredible at everything and i'm just not and that took me a long time to realize and it's still something i grapple with I know, I'm the same way. What's your narcissism score on the Dr. Drew test? Have you taken that? No, can we no. take it? Yeah, like, here, I'll find it for you. I'll just okay. hand it to you. Great. Yeah, because it's fun. Um, and I have a lot of people do it on here. Um, and it's really easy, because it's like, and it's a forced choice test, too, which is why a lot of people get... Like, it's a what? Forced choice test. Like, you have to pick, like, and, and, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, but what you really find out about yourself is what you had to pick. Oh, um, Interesting. But yeah, I really love uh, this test here because it does show because like I'm a 14. I kind of got similar to Adam Carolla because you're a little narcissistic, but you're also, I guess, because we grew up poor, like, you know, it's like there's that little bit of like humbleness in you still. And and, and you're probably close to that. That's why I was wondering, because you're your worst critic. I mean, let's just say I had a former friend speaking of quitting stuff. That, like, hers was one of the highest I'd ever seen, and it's in... Is that why you two didn't get along? <laughs> yeah, and I think that was it. It's like, because we got along fine, because I, you know, obviously I loved interesting and damaged people, but it's one of those things that once you realize, like, some of these people and their narcissism isn't, like, you're like, okay, I get you being narcissistic if you really are this good at stuff, but, like... Why do you think you're better when you don't even try? Like, and yeah, that's but you really need the that... true definition of the higher scale. Really? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm learning yeah. a lot from you. I. Okay. This. So you want me to take this? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Great. This is fun. I know. I was like, oh, this is my first one just on the podcast. I thought because Drew used to make people do this on Love Line, and I know I think was it Robin uh, Quivers from Howard Stern got the highest score ever, like a 38, because it's like out of 40. And then she's still pissed at him for it. And it's just like, that's so funny. But being as her personality, I'm like, that is, in my experience with people, what I've seen a lot of is like, as I said, this girl was like, you know, she'd taken two different ones, like on that one, got a 25, which is pretty high. And then Uh a 28 on another one. And I'm like, oh, wow. And this is some of those people that I'm like, I really... Are you enjoying stand-up or what? You're not really doing new material. You're doing the same show every week. It's like, are we moving? But, you know, she, as I say, just thinks she's super special. I know I had a former roommate, and he would never take this test, but I could just guess he was a 25. Um, but, yeah. It's okay, really I'm so... Cl- this is fascinating. Yeah. It's called the Dr. Drew Narcissist Test? Yeah. Is he a real doctor? I don't know anything about him, but yeah, like real when doctor, you it's a love doctor. Yeah, <laughs> real love doctor. Well, when you talk about Adam Carolla yeah. and Dr. Drew, yeah. I, I'm learning about who they are from you because oh, I don't. Yeah. Okay, so oh, you weren't familiar with them. I, I know who they are, of course. Oh, yeah, They're yeah, legendary, yeah. but yeah. like I didn't know that I could take tests. Tests, yeah. This is fun. Give me one second, and I'll finish it up. Oh yeah, because Dr. Drew is a real doctor, and he's a board certified internist and uh, addiction medicine specialist. <laughs> But yeah, and that's why some people are like, then he shouldn't be counseling people. I'm like, no, trust me, Dr. Drew is probably way more qualified, certainly than I am, because I think people forget that counselors aren't even more educated than me. <laughs> really? And like, yeah, and I, I, let's just say I do a lot of this and I listen to Dr. Drew and Adam more as part of my therapy, because I had a lot of bad experience with quote-unquote real therapist as a child. Oh, but, but at least you were in therapy from an early age. Yeah, exactly. So that you yeah. felt like you could get in touch with yourself and learn who you are. Yeah, and as, as you say, I have very liberal parents. Oh, where are yeah. you from? I'm from Tyler, Texas, of all places. The worst place for liberal parents. <laughs> this, this is... Yeah. This is making me reflect on yeah. myself too early in the morning. Yeah. Where are you at? Where are you oh, from? Oh, God. St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, yeah. I have family there. Um, give me what's, yeah. how much, how many is this? 30? Um, yeah, okay, let me funny. race through them. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and I'm like, oh, this is the most I've talked. But don't worry, we're not even 10 minutes into it. But I'm like, ooh, you're interested in this. This is fun. 
And especially since you said you are a narcissist. <laughs> I don't know if I am, yeah. but I, I think well, highly of myself. Here's the thing, is in order to be out here and doing this, especially since you're not from here as well, you had to come out here and you had to at least somewhat believe in yourself and that you could do this. So there's a little bit, and as I say, there's levels of healthy narcissism. And that's what I'll say is i found with a lot of the people that, you know, are doing okay in this business. They have that healthy level of narcissism. Okay, I'm going to hit show my score. You ready? Yeah. Whoa. What did you get? You tell me. You got a 29. I'm sorry. What that's is... one of the highest ones I've ever seen. Does that mean I won? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, you did you did better than me. And I'm usually and like as I say, my brother's like, This is the one test I did better than you all. Because he got a twenty five. What's it what's you older or younger brother? Oh uh, younger. So you're the oldest in the family. In, yeah, with my mom's. We do have an older half brother, um, on our dad's side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so and that's gives weird dynamics. Where are you in the birth order? Uh I have a brother who is younger than me by four yeah. years. And we get along. He's great. He's in St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, see, my brother's in Dallas. We talk almost every day. I mean, most of my comedy comes from him. I mean, he's the funniest person I know, and I've tried to encourage him to come out here and do it, but he's a giant pussy. <laughs> <laughs> but you think he's funny? Yeah. yeah. He's the funniest person I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I got a 29. Yeah, I know, and I'm going to read you. Your score for authority is high. Um, your score for self-sufficiency is high. To me, that one is always good, though. I think the self-sufficiency should be high. Yeah. Um, and, like, the authority is just, like, you know... But sometimes, to me, that's not necessarily negative. Like, for me, it's, like, I feel like my authority was a medium to high because I, you know, have the, you know, education. And I typically speak with authority on certain things. But I don't mind saying a backseat. You do, do say, the same thing. Yeah. I, yeah, but I noticed right out the yeah. gate, you make a lot of declarative sentences. Yeah. So you do sound like you, you try, you speak in facts. Yeah. And I try to, I try to, you know, in, unless it is opinion, like, you know, well, when I speak about my comic book stuff, it's like, I have to discern that Superman sucks is an opinion. It's not <laughs> <a> <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's dead. So who yeah. cares? Yeah, fuck Superman. Um, but yeah, I don't mean I don't yeah. mean the guy who played Superman. I mean um, like the last Superman comic I read was Doomsday, where he died. Yeah. So that's what I meant. Not uh, not Christopher Reeves. No. Need and we've to clarify that. Superman since then. Who? Who? Uh, 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 who? Uh, who played him? Do you know them? Yep. Uh, Here we go. So Dean Kane, sure. Tom Welling, even though he would say, "Oh, it's only Superman in the last episode." Um, Brandon Ralph, who was my favorite, actually, and then um, which one was he? Henry was that Cable. was that the Super Show? That, that was the Superman Returns. Oh yeah, and then speaking of Supergirl, Tyler Hoechlin, he's good too. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Are you a big nerd? Because I'm like, oh, did, can I finally talk to someone about Gorilla God and King, King Shark's fight the other day? <laughs> <laughs> you just flew no. over my head, but You're I'm like, happy what? to listen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got excited when I was like, oh, wait, you know who that is? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Yeah. I fell off. Yeah. It happens. I know. I, I had to give up on Supergirl. But yeah, your superiority is medium, which is good. Like, I would say, um, and your exhibitionism is low, so you don't really need the, feel, the need to be naked, so. No. Yeah. And I don't get that from your social media either, because I follow you. Um, and people ask me to be naked. Yeah, And I'm do. usually uh, like... Nah, I'm not going to be naked for you, stranger in a strange land who has a avatar pic that's not them. But thank you so much for the compliment. Yeah, don't you love those? Like, I, I at least feel fl more flattered than some people because I don't get unsolicited dick pics or, like, you know, asking for that. I usually get, I want to marry you. And they're always from India. I'm like, that's at least nice. I'm like, it's still creepy, but uh -huh. I at least don't feel like trash. Somebody bent, <laughs> is on one bended knee yeah. on the other side of the world for you? Apparently. That's a sweet... Quite a few Indian guys. That's a sweet <laughs> gesture. <laughs> well, I hope you find the one. I know. 
So yeah, if you're looking out there, all right, <laughs> that, that is the way to my heart. Yeah, how did you two meet? Oh, mm-hmm. he proposed to me through my Instagram DMs. <laughs> I said yes. Yeah. Next thing you know, here we are in Vegas. Life is fun. That's how things work. <laughs> These two, I will say, your vanity is low because... I think with potheads, we're all kind of like that as well. Um, like, because I don't give a shit. I mean, I don't have on makeup or I didn't even shower this morning. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. I'm just doing podcasting all day. I think a lot yeah. of vanity for me is I really like, I like how I look. <laughs> and it took me a long time to be okay with my face. Yeah. But I also want to, like, I don't like being sold a bill of goods on how I'm supposed to look. And so I feel like there's a bit of, um, it's the bullshit associated with how I culture makes you feel small so i just it is what it is yeah you know i looked at look i went to meetings with plastic surgeons when i was young because i don't like that my ears stick out i don't like that my ears feel a little bit bigger than my head but at the same time i got i like my head now i grew a beard i hid behind it it's fine (laughs) yeah you learn how to deal with it it's like like my chin is like off because i had like physical Tourette's as a kid and it kind of annoys me but i've just learned to deal with it i'm like I look like Reese Witherspoon's chin, so now I'm like, okay. You got a great great. chin. Mm -hmm. You really do. You have like a, a, as far as chin, the chin game goes, you got strong chin game. Well, that's always good, because in comedy, strong chin game is key. It is, yeah. It's (laughs) always like festival submissions. It's like name, email, chin game, link to real. This is what people don't know about these uh, applications. That's all. So that's another part about quitting. If your chin game ain't strong, I would possibly consider not doing it anymore, pursuing it. You'll feel free if you quit because you don't have a good chin. Yeah. Yeah. See, comedy's not for you unless you have a strong chin. (laughs) Get out. What are we talking about? Yeah. And I'm like, you ranked high on exploitativeness and entitlement. That's something you might be alarmed about. Where do you you think you ranked high? Why would I be alarmed about that? Well, entitlement is one of those things, because I know I, too, ranked high on that, but I'm like, I only feel entitled to the things that I've worked for, so, like, sometimes if you have a way of, like, being like, oh, this is why I feel that way, it's not always negative, but, like, it can be, because, as I say, some of the other people I've had take this test, I'm like, you feel entitled without any reasons. Good. If there's reasons, good. No reasons. I yeah. think it sounds incredibly healthy to feel entitled. <laughs> it's my life. I Are feel you a like millennial too. <laughs> it's well, it's my. Well, I don't know what that has to do with anything. I just uh-huh. think it's like my life, yeah. and I, I want it to be incredible. And to be alarmed about that, I yeah. think is, uh, I think is a negative. To be honest, I think you should absolutely feel like you deserve the world, and then go for it. So well, as long as that doesn't impede on other people, and and that's just where I'll say is where our generation sometimes or has gone off on that, where it's uh, kind of alarming, and the fact that they're like, I'm special, I should be the best, even over that guy who's worked really hard. Like, and I'm like, well, I mean, not necessarily if you continue to work, because as I said, I'll just use this other person as an example. I have sure. a friend who has a really great job. All she ever, she would constantly bring it up. And I'm like, well, she worked for free for five years to get that job. Well, I know. And I'm like, okay, well, that's how you get there. Right. Like, like, (laughs) and that was like a sense of entitlement that was bad. Like, she should get this job over this person who who worked really hard to get this job with no training, no experience, no nothing. I see what you're saying. That's where entitlement is negative. Oh, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I just think that I, I want to do cool things and yeah. make myself proud. Yeah. And the exploitativeness, like, as I say, like that one is one where you'll see a lot of, because a lot of people, let's just say like where I used to work, there's a lot of exploitativeness that goes in that, like abusing people with, uh, you know, I will say like free labor, not necessarily always wrong. Cause you know, if you're getting experience, like, like internships and things like that, it's when it becomes not about training and just about exploiting people for their hopes and dreams and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's where it becomes negative. Do you do that? Do you have slave labor? No. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of a no. gotcha podcast yeah. is this? Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> I don't have Thank slave labor. No. Yeah. I just rip off my mask. I don't Nancy labor. Hmm. Are you really? No. That would be bananas. It would be funny what if a, I was Nancy Graves. Yeah. What a long drive to meet her. Yeah. <laughs> what a <laughs> weird way to go about it. Um, no, I don't have slave labor at no. all. No, no, that's good. So, yeah. Um, as I say, and sometimes these, uh, in the, 
they can rank a certain way, but still be healthy. Yeah. I don't know that narcissism is a bad yeah. thing. This is almost it's like the bright side of narcissism instead of quitting. And I like that just as much. Yeah. Um, and that is the thing is, as I'll say, you have to have a healthy level of narcissism to even be here. So narcissism is not always uh, negative, but let's just say, I was like, I said something funny yesterday to my Jewish friend. So when you hear this, it'll be even worse. Um, is, uh, we were, she was showing me a picture of some girl who literally all of her Instagram is just pictures of herself, mm -hmm. all of it. And I said, you know, remember when male narcissism used to be either really good or really bad? Because sometimes you get Apple or sometimes all the Jews die. But then with women, it's like, could we just like all of our narcissism just goes into taking pictures of ourselves? Like we really need to step it up as ladies. And what was her response? <laughs> she laughed. <laughs> she did laugh? Yeah. Like we have a special relationship. But yeah, she's like, yeah, like Hitler, bad narcissism. <laughs> he was bad narcissist. Yeah. Steve Jobs, good narcissism. Ooh, I don't know about that either. Well, they do I have say, suicide nets. Yeah, he, yeah, he, as I'll say, not all of it was good, but Apple, well, I mean, I'm using an iPhone right now. It is, yeah. it is in the use, it's, yeah, I don't want to get into whether I think Steve Jobs is good or bad. Oh, I don't think he's a good person overall. <laughs> I don't know him, yeah, I, just, no. I mean Apple. Maybe yeah. I should say whether Steve Jobs is good or bad. I mean, like, if Apple is good or bad. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to get into that conversation. I'd rather talk more about uh, about myself or about quitting. Oh, yeah. Let's let's go on that. Because yeah. I was like, we've now, we've discussed your narcissism. <laughs> cool. And now, a word from our sponsors. Tired of nagging yourself to get a website for your artistic career already? Radportfolios.com creates affordable, custom websites for artists. Use code BRIGHTSIDE. That's one word for half off your website startup radportfolios.com so you can get back to getting booked um, what other tests should i take I yeah do you um, have a like should i take a swab to my mouth see if i have the flu um i've been vaccinated yeah. like what tests should i take um uh, do you have any I've more heard 23 and me is good and if they want to sponsor this podcast i'll tell people about it that'd be a great be sponsor no. yeah they, they do oh, that especially for this i know yeah i'm like 20 because you find a lot about yourself on those i hear and a lot of our I mean, the old debate of environment or, or experience, it's like, it's a little bit of both. Would yeah. you take it? Have you taken it? I haven't taken it, but I would like to. Yeah, yeah I, I don't trust it. <laughs> I'm very suspicious of it. But I also know that there can be some good in it because you can learn about how you may die. Yeah. Based on genetics and hist like family history. And I understand that. I just don't like the whole um, categorizing myself by paying them <laughs> money. To, like, put me in a box. It sounds like a trick. I know. I was like, this is where your narcissism, I'm seeing that. Yeah, I'm, I'm suspicious of it. Which paranoia <laughs> is like, but as I say, I come from that background. Yeah. Like my, my dad swears to God up and down he was broke during the Kennedy assassination. Because my grandpa was a journalist in Dallas who was there. Really? And my dad would have been, like, six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think that's a like, perfect you know, sponsor for this podcast, yeah. though. I know, yeah, 23 and me. Reach What's out. your family history? Um, lots of mental illness um, and heart disease. And what about uh, uh, culturally? Oh, um, my mom's side is Native American and Swedish, and my dad's family is from Scotland. Wow, yeah. quite the melting pot of fam. Yeah. Interesting. I uh, I don't yeah. really know much about mine. You don't know about yours? No, not, not too much no. about it. Yeah, but it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine mid, you know, St. Louis Midwest probably like a lot of like Nordic descent. I mean, just looking at you, I'm like I'm really good at like face or like Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah and I was yeah. like, yeah. Cuz that area is pro but as I say, like my family didn't even come over from Scotland to like that's why I'm like guys, most of my family didn't own slaves. They were poor over here or they didn't come to this country till it was over. So I at least know that. That's good. <laughs> I was like, yeah, may have been from the South, but no slavery in our background. Yeah. Mine were, my family, both sides escaped the Holocaust. So oh, yeah. I don't think we, I think we were on the other side of it as well. You know? Yeah. So probably like um, maybe from Poland. Probably. Yeah, that's why I was like, definitely the northern countries. Yeah. Oh, you know a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know a lot about my chin. More about my chin than I, I know, know about mine. You were like, I don't know anything about mine. I was like, I could guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. And, yeah. Uh, what, can I ask what mental illness is in your family? Oh, well, a lot of, uh, like, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder. That's why I was so fascinated by psychology and that. And 
Yeah. Because yeah. my dad's mother was schizophrenic and um, severely mentally ill. And then my father, same thing. Like, you know, that, he has it, more of dementia and bipolar, but yeah. Oh, interesting. Also sad. I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. Um, I, it's interesting <laughs> to hear that because I was listening yeah. to past podcasts yeah. and it sounds like you, there's been a progression through listening through the 2018 series to now where... I can hear you learning more about yourself and coming, like, as this yeah. podcast becomes its own thing. And I was like, this is a really interesting timeline of who you are also. Well, thank you. Because that, that's the idea. As I said, you know, when we were talking about it, I'm like, if you're not improving every time, then what are you doing? I mean, and two, like, I listen to a lot of other podcasts that are similar, like Jack Shepard's Armchair Expert and Michael Rosenbaum's Inside of You, which, you know, kind of deals with it's like a therapy for them and they learn more about themselves by talking to other people that are like-minded. That's why I prefer to have like comedians come on here, you know, but then I'll have great episodes like with my friend who escaped to the Jehovah's Witness. And it's like, yeah. Fucking so it's cool. always interesting to hear like, you know, different stories as well, because I mean, we're all sort of like, you know, in cults like that. I mean, we all can be, you know, susceptible and stuff. Uh, and not even realize it. Yeah. Well, I think you're like following no. your dreams can be yeah. a cult. Anything can be oh, yeah. a cult. You exactly. Know? As I say, like, you get trapped. Um, UCB can be a cult. Because there were several people that reached out about that. And I was like, yeah, I mean, Afterbuzz was kind of a cult too. It's like, hey, if you're in this, you're cool. But if you're not, like, you know. Was it hard to escape? Escape. Was it hard to leave Afterbuzz TV? Yeah, it was just because it was such a big part of my life for several years. Did I they mean, make you feel guilty for leaving? Sometimes, like certain people do, yeah. Yeah, I would say it's not like, everybody. Because yeah. it's like, where are you going? What are you doing? Yeah. Like, this is the best. Yeah. Huh? Have you been in any groups like that? Like, you know, no. sketch comedy? <laughs> say. Uh, yeah. You yeah. know what? No. You know, I uh, more times than not, like I have my circle, and I I have like a lot of love for a lot of people that I've either worked with when I was in Chicago, here in LA, currently, mm-hmm. everywhere in between. Um, but I, I really cut ties pretty quickly with, or I'm, you know, just wonderful acquaintances with a lot of people, but it's not like we hang out. I like, we're all loners. I think, especially in the comedy scene, there's a lot of being a loner that actually helps you go a long way. I just found, I, I find my people and I'm loyal to them and I want to ride or die with them till I die and everyone else, you know, it, it just, they don't take the same like, I just don't give them the same amount of me as I do those others. Yeah, and, and I would agree that that's very similar to myself because, like, you know, growing up, I always had a brother, so I didn't have necessarily the need for friends because we were pretty close in age, too. So we maybe had, like, one really good friend or so and then a bunch of just acquaintances. So, like, coming out here, if you know, without him, it's just like, but I talk to him all the time or my mom. So I still don't, I have a little bit more need for people than I did. But it's still a matter of, I just want to maybe like one or two close friends and then a bunch of acquaintances because too, it's like acquaintances are great. Those are the types of people that you, you know, are like, Hey, how you doing? Whenever you see them, everything's fine. There's no need for this, like, you know, emotional stuff that I'm not a big fan of. I'm not a fan of crying and expressing emotions. Or yeah. <laughs> Keep, save that. Yeah. Save that for when your animal crawls on your lap and you're watching Netflix. I know. I'm like, I have a dog and a cat. That's why I also don't have as many for people. Do you have pets? I don't. I yeah. love them. They're on yeah. my... They're on my list of goals is to have a, I think a cat. I never expected it over a dog, yeah. but I don't think, I don't think I have the bandwidth to give a dog what it needs right now in my life. Cause I like the, my focus is on other things, but a yeah. good cat to come home to that doesn't really need me and I don't really need it, but we tolerate each other. That sounds nice. Yeah, like, Banky, she's pretty cool. She's my cat. Like, she doesn't, she's not really needy and great, but, like, I have a little bit of a codependent thing going on. That's why I love my dog, and I've had her then both since they were, like, babies. Yeah. And my dog is, like, 15 now, so, like, they came out from Texas, so it's one of those things that it's, like, yeah, What kind I of dog is she? She's a husky Akita mix. How are her hips? Uh, her hips are like that's her one problem. I was like, that's, she's got that's a little dysplasia, huh? Oh, they're yeah, sweethearts. Well, yeah, but and then they're said like, look, she's old. That's what happens. She's fine otherwise. So that's great. But I do love taking care of her because I'm 
codependency issues. I don't see that in you. you <laughs> what is codependency? Oh, it's uh, basically like you need to take care of other people. I, I think being an older sibling for me like was a lot of it. Because too, when we would have to go to our dads and obviously not you know, a stable home life, it was, uh, you know, you're there. Yeah. But were your parents together and everything? Yes. Yeah. And so you and your brother were close, just more like friendly. So you didn't seem to have, because I'm like, I can just, I'm, I'm therapizing here. I'm like, yeah, I don't really see that. Maybe. Happy to do that. Yeah. Happy to, mm-hmm. happy to listen yeah. to what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. Well, um, and two, like codependency can be good and bad things. So like, and, and I see like just in looking and listening to you, like, and you wanting to talk about quitting is like, you, you know, have sort of a healthy view of just like, all right, yeah, that was what it was. <laughs> yeah, pretty, yeah. I don't, I think the word's pragmatic. Yeah, yeah, pragmatic, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I don't really like to give advice yeah. at all, but Which I grew up, but I grew up yeah. in a family of people who try and fix it for you. And so it took me a long time to be aware of like my initial instinct if you say something that I can register as a problem. My instinct is like, I got, I know exactly what you should do. And if you don't do it, I'm going to be mad because I think I'm right. And if you do do it, I think you're in a better place, which helps me feel good about myself because I'm helping you. But also low key, I'm stealing your, I'm like stealing your deal and making it about me. And so I really try to be conscious that my first instinct is to tell you what I think you should do or give you options when really all you're doing is trying to tell me what's up with you. And so I try and I try and to I try to um, go past that first instinct, keep my mouth shut, and then make a better choice. Well, I'm so glad you do that because that is what irritates me about a lot of people here. Is like, I, and, I, and, and this is where that narcissism comes in. That why we're all out here is we're a little bit of narcissists. But this is where yours is healthy. Where you're like, I feel that way, but I know that's not what I should do. And that's all a lot of this is, is like checking yourself before you rickety wreck yourself. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and as I'll say, there there have been a lot of friendships I've quit, going back to our main thing, because I was just like, because it does, it in turn, like as you say, it makes you feel better about yourself, but then it kind of hurts the other person sometimes, especially when it's just like, or I've had friends where I'm just like, why the fuck are you trying to tell me what to do? You don't have your shit together. Like, sure. Because that the reaction can often be way negative. Because you're in too. Sometimes you're just like, I certainly wasn't asking you to fix it. Like, exactly. And as I've said, I'm like, I've thought about it from both ways. Because I know sometimes it's hard for me too, especially because I do. Ha- but as I say, I have this education in this. So mine is coming from a different perspective, but it's a matter of like, no, they still don't want that. They just want you to listen to their problems. <laughs> it's something that yeah. a lot of people don't realize. Yeah. Especially when you like online, if you post something yeah. like, like, you know, keep me in your thought, like whatever, yeah. like it, I feel like every comment is advicey. Oh yeah, like you know, uh, you've seen we're friends on Facebook. You've probably seen some of mine recently. That it's just like, okay, this wasn't asking for a job offers. That's what I was like, actually thinking. Yeah. Why did you send me a thing for Uber? Do you think I don't know how to drive for Uber? Like, if I wanted to. It's really hard to realize yeah. that people just want to talk to you. Yeah. And they're not looking for you to be some kind of. Unless they ask yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah, as I say, if I, but I, the joke, I'm like, I'm now explicitly asking for something. Let's see if any of you respond. Nah. I just wanted to find a dispensary that had Girl Scouts in front of it to do a video. <laughs> like, not that hard. Yeah. A bunch of y'all are potheads. You could have found it. But, <laughs> but it's what I've found is most people, if you explicitly ask them, they're not going to do it. That's true. Yeah, well, don't tell me what to do. You're not my boss. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> totally. When did you start smoking uh, weed? Uh, when I was 15. Likewise, yeah. 15. Yeah, cool, yeah. I, yeah. It's something that you've been a part of, has it been a part of your whole life? Um. Yeah, but, well, because, um, and that's the reason I want to do the Project Dope Red and want to do it right, which is why I've just been kind of sprinkling it in throughout, is because it really did help me. And luckily for, you know, me, my mom sort of saw that with me and my brother both. She's like, you know, because we had been on psychiatric medication before, like I was on antidepressants and he was on Adderall and a lot of these things. But she's like, you know, the weed evens you out. You don't have any more side of any worse side effects than those. Like, and you know, really, as I'll say, the thing with pot is the biggest side effect is laziness. And you just have to learn how to combat that because like being relaxed often makes you not want to get out. 
And it's sort of that. But you have to train yourself. And that's what a lot of it's been because there have been times like, you know, throughout in my early 20s when I was in college, it wasn't as easy to get because my, lucky for me growing up in Texas, my cousin was a pot dealer. So we had, you know, a safe way of getting it. Yeah. And he would come and like, because it was super illegal there, it was very much like, you know, we do this, we do it in a safe environment. It's fine. And it really did help. And as I say, you know, it's great here that I can just go to a store or order it on my phone, but you know, and we've still got a long way to come. Because as I say, everybody's on something these days. So um, why not make it just weed? <laughs> yeah. I, I love, I think it's interesting that you're like, the yeah. biggest side effect for me is yeah. apathy. Yeah. And it's not even lack of ambition. It's just like a desire to like, it almost sounds like you just like, I want to keep enjoying the thing that I'm enjoying right now. And that's my priority. Yeah. And sometimes that is what you need to do. Like, cause there are days where it's like, yeah, I'm going to binge watch Cougar Town for the umpteenth time. Yeah. You know Season Maybe eight. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Courtney Cox, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good show. Yeah. I love that show. It was white trash. So I really related to it. It was so funny to watch that and just see, like, I was like, oh, I, it's so obvious that they're sitting on a set right now yeah. in this, like, weird corner where that's not a real restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um, I, for me, I, I I don't know the 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 laziness thing. I feel like the cool thing about where we are now is that that was, like, it was, like, half propaganda about laziness and also half true. Yeah. And now that everything is accessible, like, you can just Postmates, Uber, Netflix, weed delivery, and hire someone to clean your fucking house for you. I have to like, force myself to leave the house. It's really hard, <laughs> yeah. right? But there's something for me in smoking that actually, like, makes yeah. me want to put my headphones on, go for a hike, treat myself better. It, it, it almost, like, boosts me and pushes me to kind of be more conscious to take care of myself, which I really like. Yeah, and, and I think that's the thing. Is I, My English professor in college said it right when he was like, drugs really just enhance who you are. So, like, and, and I think that's why for me that, because I do come from this, I mean, my dad, like, has always slept forever, like, in his side of the family, very, very just lazy. So I know that's a part of me. But as I say, the weed sort of eases my anxiety that comes from the other side that's always, you know, ah. So it sort of pushes me. But I just have to make note of like, okay, now I feel calm. But get up. Yeah. Put your headphones on and go to Target <laughs> or go swimming, like, you know, or something else. Absolutely. I love yeah. that in talking about quitting, it yeah. also sounds like we've quit a lot of bad habits, yeah. which is equally as bright sidey to me because to quit the idea of um, of staying home, yeah. getting out, making a friend, connecting with human beings on a level that is uncomfortable, it's, it's good to quit those kind of like bad habits as well. So oh, it's yeah. nice to talk with you about this because yeah. I'm starting to realize quitting isn't necessarily like, oh, you failed at your dream, son. It's also, no, you quit doing these uh, patterns that weren't beneficial to you. Yeah, and, and, and that's what this podcast is all about, is seeing like something like quitting or losing or things like that. It, it's it's not necessarily negative. To me, everything you quit leads to something else. Like, you know, and, you know, whether it be a bad habit, a job, or, you know, whatever, it, or your dreams. But as I'll say, sometimes it's like, once you quit, that's when the door opened. I know it's cliche, but it's like, okay, well, now you're free to do something else. True. Yeah. You do. You feel a little bit lighter and you can give yourself permission to maybe start a new project mm -hmm. or do the thing that you were scared to do in the first place. My friend, she just wrote a book, finished it, self-published oh, yeah. it, so proud, started selling really well, but it took her quitting a bunch of small things that were taking up the time that she was... But she was doing it because she was too scared to actually sit down and write. So she was filling up her time with all these other things around it that distracted her, but let her yeah. beat the shit out of herself for not writing it in the first place. It was interesting to see her just like cut, 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 sit down, create a book, publish it, and look at it now. She's a published author. That's what it took. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's sort of where we're all at, because I know that... I sort of quit stand-up to do After Buzz because I was like, well, I'm getting like a thousand views instead of like two comics in the audience or whatever. And like, you know, thinking of things like more pragmatically. But as I say, 
once that wasn't fulfilling me, I was like, okay, you know, and I had started doing this podcast. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to double down on this. This is my thing. And now I have more time to devote and, and then work on my own projects and everything. And that's sort of what a lot of this business is. I know people are like, oh, how could you like, like to a lot of these actors, like how could they leave this great job? And it's like, yeah, in, in this business, that is a gamble. But you know what? If they weren't happy, and I've seen people go on to do great things. But it doesn't always happen like that. But, you know, I do I do get it. Like, you know, especially in this economy, it does suck sometimes when you have to pay the bills, like being stuck. But, you know what? Then you can just quit something else. <laughs> yeah. There's always things to cut. It's a good... Yeah. Yeah. Do you think America is an aggressive country? So it makes it hard to quit because... They make the the way the machine is built makes it seem like this is a leading question, yeah. obviously, but it's it's like built for you to not feel like you can escape certain things. Well, I don't really like to anthropomorphize uh, America. Like, oh, some I love that. I that's was like, oh, like big words. Yeah, no, um, that's great. Because I like I just often because people do that with places too. So that's not really my thing. But like, I do see that the American way, quote unquote, more so. Is like we need to, you know, make money and buy this. You know, there's a certain expectation, but a lot of that is just self-imposed. And I think that's where some people like the, the idea to be a victim of this country is like popular now. But I'm like, no, everything is self-imposed. And this is where my narcissism comes in. I'm like, no, we really are the creators of our own destiny. So if that's not what you want, then you just kind of just got to do something else. I mean, and and it is, you know, especially in LA, it is more expensive, but. You know what? You just gotta find a fucking way. I mean. Yeah, but I yeah. feel like I was pretty yeah. blessed to be a yeah. uh, straight white dude born into a middle class family whose parents stayed together, who has yeah, a brother. That is a like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, I, I, I agree with you, yeah. but only, yeah. but if, if I wasn't born into the life that yeah. I've had, I, you know, better, harder easier whatever yeah. you know like it's hard to escape certain things oh yeah because as i say i mean i had a whole episode on cults and you know yeah. and it was like and too you know it was much because i had a friend ask me she's like why do you think you escaped and your friends didn't and i said well i wanted it more that's really it i'm like you know and my mom has really helped me a lot and that's great but like you know we grew up dirt i mean where we lived we were the poor family uh, in, that, in that community. The yeah. poor pagan family, not really accepted. Hold on, yeah. hold on. The poor pagan family? Yeah, because we come from a very Christian community. Like, so, um, and we weren't really into that. <laughs> right. So, yeah, there was always, like, that element of not belonging. So, I guess that sort of made it easier to leave because we never really felt the big part of the community. But my mom's still there. And it's one of those things that it's just like, I guess, that they, and as I've told people, I'm like, in a way, that was privileged. In a way, growing up in a one-bedroom apartment, like, sharing with my brother, I'm like, that was a privilege because that gave me the drive to get out. Mm. As opposed to, you know, as I say, maybe growing up more middle class, as I'll say, like, a lot of these people maybe didn't work, learn how to work as hard. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I've, yeah. I I love working yeah. hard. I love feeling yeah. Like work feels like purpose to me. Yeah, I'm like I hate when it because I'm you know full time freelance. I'm always like work work work. I need work. Like you know constantly looking and trying to stay busy. So when those times there's a long lull, I'm like going insane. That's why I do stuff like this. And, I'm like, and now a word from our sponsors. Mrs. Brightside is brought to you by Good Beer. It's good. Yes. Yeah. It's when you when did you leave for LA? Um, let's see. I've been here about five years. I was 25 because I lived in Dallas for a while because I went to college um, outside of there. Same place as Dr. Phil and uh, RoboCop, Peter Weller. Oh, I'm seeing yeah. a pattern. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. University of North Texas. And, uh, you know, and then I lived in Dallas for a while. Uh -huh. um, that's where I started doing comedy because the funny thing about my name is that, um, you don't get a lot of jobs, or if you do get called into jobs, they're looking to fill a quota, because everyone thinks I'm black. <laughs> okay. So that's how I started doing comedy, because that was all I wanted to, and that was what I wanted to do, but I was more trying, like, I was going to go, I moved to Dallas to go to law school. Yeah. And then wound up doing graduate school. That seems instead. to be yeah. a, such a common comedy yeah. track, is, is like the ability to think in terms of semantics and detail. Yeah. And the way, like, you have a strong point of view as somebody who is at law school, but low-key, you also 
just think it's all ridiculous. Yeah, I know. I really do think most stuff is stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of why I was like, no comedy fits in too. Strangely enough, when I was working in Dallas, like um, I worked at Equinox and uh, met Mark Cuban's family and his brother was a lawyer and he's the one that taught me out of it. He was like, yep. Yeah, because it's not worth it. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I love that you I'm quit like, law school. Yeah, uh, luckily I didn't start law school yet. Um, I just, like, because it was way too expensive anyway at SMU. So, like, I was having to work to pay for it. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, such an interesting yeah. track. And then uh, who were your people for stand-up that kind of made you think, this is what I want to do? Oh, so growing up, um, we watched a lot of stand-up. Like, my dad, like, would put Carlin on in the car, like, you know, when we would drive from Tyler to Dallas, which is about two hours or so. Like, Perfect amount of time yeah. for an album. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that would be the thing. Like, we would listen to brain droppings and stuff like that. And we watched, like, because we were, and that was another reason we were outcast, because we were allowed to watch whatever we wanted on television. So we watched a lot of Comedy Central. I grew up, I loved Dennis Leary. And me and my brother wanted to make the man show. So, like, <laughs> like we were like, this is fun. Like, we Amazing. would make our own little bits, like Adam and Jimmy. So, like, in yeah. the, you know, and, and it's kind of nice. And Norm MacDonald. So, like, it's pretty, pretty cool, like, coming here and Adam Norm, and Norm know who I am. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Norm, Norm MacDonald for me, 100%. Oh, yeah. He's one of the greatest comedic minds of all time. Hands down. Yeah. There's so many people, myself included, that I I, I heard his cadence yeah. in them, and I still hear it sometimes because he's he's that powerfully, like, sticky to the brain and that funny. It's great. Yeah, Norm is the one. Yeah. So where did you come into comedy? Uh, Weird Al. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Weird Al was my first concert that I ever went to, and I saw him dressed in the fat suit for fat, uh, and I lost my mind, and I asked my parents to buy me a concert shirt, and I wore that Weird Al shirt forever and ever, and I just had all of his albums, I knew all of his songs, I would write the lyrics to his song longhand, while I was listening, I would stop it, write the lyric, hit play, stop it, write the lyric, hit play, and I don't know why I had to transcribe it, but I had to write the lyrics by hand, and then... That's how I would memorize the songs, was I would read his lyrics. Like, that's how much I love the guy. Yeah. And so um, he was the first one. And then after that, my favorite comedian, I would say, all time is Paul F. Tompkins. And oh, yeah. He's really funny. His his album, Impersonal, is, to me, the perfect album. Uh, one of the most perfect albums. No, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Oh, and real quick, the girl, the girl, the woman, the person, sorry, yeah. the author who I was talking about earlier, her name is Jackie Shermeyer. So if anyone is looking to find a new book by someone who's following their dreams, I would say go find Jackie Shermeyer and check it out and see if you like what she wrote. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and, and like, so Weird Al always like interested you, but did you go through like try to do a normal track ever, like go to college, like, or did you just... Sure, but I was and, never... Yeah. yeah. I hated every no. step of the way. I never... No. I didn't... I enjoyed... There's... Socially, uh, I think it's not true for me to be like, I hated high school and I didn't want to go to college. I dropped out of high school and just went to college because I was like, fuck this shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. For me, it wasn't as true because I had some good friends and I had some like um, popularity because of sports. But I, in my heart, I knew that I just was like, I don't really want to do all the things that are here. I think all I want to do is comedy, write create I, like I think I have good ideas and I want to make them happen so it was always a struggle to get me to actually do anything except what I wanted to do and at a certain point once I finished school or once I was in college and I could kind of find a track that I wanted to be on I was a little bit happier but it wasn't until I moved to Chicago and started working at Second City that I actually found like I felt like I belonged with a larger group and then finding those artists really helped me become a better person and know that I was on the right track. That's cool. So what college did you go to in Chicago? Ooh, well, I was in Missouri. Yeah. I oh, went yeah. to a place called Truman. Oh, yeah. A small town school. Yeah. Very good school. Super smart yeah. people. I was like, I, it was cool to get in. I was like, yeah, I'm smart. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and then I transferred from there to Southeast Missouri State, which is in Cape Girardeau. Met some really good people there. Did a lot of learning how to write and direct film. And then once I kind of did everything I wanted to do there. Instead of graduating from there, I transferred to Webster University and stayed at home 
for my last year of college and got my degree in screenwriting because I wanted to focus more on the writing angle than I did the directing. Yeah, and so you liked those programs because that was the thing is I went to UNT to go to film school and because I wanted to direct music videos. Um, what a cool well. idea! Yeah, and I looked at Spike Jones, uh, David Fincher, Michelle Gondry, yeah. all of them. But then YouTube hit and there was no money in that anymore. And um, so I was like, okay, and I didn't like the film program because I'm, as this is where my narcissism comes in, like I don't ever want to hate something I love because of bad teachers. And I've always had a lot of like bad teachers. So that was why I was like, well, I like this psychology thing. I'll do my degree and I'll just like work on it. But whenever, you know, you, you quit in this, this was worth quitting. But I kind of wonder if that didn't help me because I'm learning only and being more into like different av- avenues taught me other things that I found useful. Because I almost went to Northwestern in Chicago because I love Stephen Colbert. Sure. And I was like, ooh, I could go the Colbert track. But I wonder if I would have loved it had I gone there as opposed to finding it a different way in Dallas. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, but either way, you were yeah. going to give yourself permission to do to what do you wanted yeah. to do either yeah. way. Yeah. What about now? Would you direct a music video now? Oh, yeah. Like, I have a friend. I was like, she wants to make a music video for the song she has. I was like, let me direct. I'll do it for free. I, I, that's what I wanted to do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Your, your face is lighting up as you're saying it. You can feel it, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, because um, uh, I also love Mark Romanek because I'm a big Nine Inch Nails fan. So, like, the, and that was, like, you know, MTV was the thing, as I say. That's where I fell in love with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. I mean, so I've always wanted MTV to come back to what it was. Yeah, simpler <laughs> times. Same, yeah. Less exploitive reality bullshit. Yeah, I, well, I like, hate reality television. I mean, like, I'm, I have friends where I'm just like, this is not art. This takes jobs from from writers and you know all these people you don't understand how bad this is <laughs> <laughs> so you hate reality tv too no yeah. no, no i like it i worked in it for oh, yeah. one of my first jobs here was story producing or so yeah. starting as a pa and then working my way up um in reality tv i, I was really good at it yeah and i could tell a story through interviewing people and getting them to say things that we needed for the cut and so on and so on but at the end of the day it wasn't comedy and no, there was yeah. no there was no path leading to comedy through it so i just stopped working in reality tv i was on a reality show i yeah. was on food network's worst cooks in america food and, network stuff you know. food stuff to me the competition stuff like the legitimate competition i don't necessarily have a problem with because it's like there's nothing wrong with that like you know even like the singing competitions i'm like look because I'm like, there's a clear winner, and this is, you know, it, of course it's edited a certain way, and I know, like, the voice, like, these are not people they just picked off the street, like American Idol once was. But it's one of those things that, that I don't necessarily mind, or Amazing Race, like, it's a competition, those things are fine. It's stuff like The Bachelor, or Keeping Up with the Kardashians, that's just kind of like, either pure, just like, look at these people and all they have, like, they have made a sex tape, blah. <laughs> or like The Bachelor, that, like, I was a big fan of Unreal, the show that was like, basically from a Bachelor producer, but like oh. a scripted thing. Okay, um, I don't know Unreal, so. No, it's, uh, it's on Hulu, I recommend watching it, because um, Quinn King is a boss-ass bitch, so, uh, Connie, Constance Zimmer uh, plays her. Cool. Yeah, so, like, and it's, like, a good look, and, because, as I say, a lot of his storylines were based on real stuff that happened on The Bachelor, and I may have auditioned for The Bachelor as a joke and gotten in the second round in Dallas, but I, <laughs> I was only interested in a free vacation. There you go. <laughs> do you think you could have been, do you think you could have been pretty great on the show, though? No, because, like, I, I'm one of those people that I, I, and this is probably what's held me back a lot of times, but I won't play along for too long. Like, I don't, I can, I'll do it funny, but I would have been, like, seriously just, like, playing Xbox, like, y'all, y'all deal with that over there. Just, like, I'm here for the free vacation and the free vacation. Yeah. You just, like, grab your drink, yeah. take one sip, raise an eyebrow once in a while, call it a day. The problem is, I would probably win just doing that, though, because, you know. Because everyone would be like, she's not even doing anything. Okay. How does she get to stay here? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm not dealing with y'all. And then guys are immediately attracted to that. I was like, that I would have won. <laughs> Well, congrats on yeah. your future win on Bachelor. Yeah. That's going to be great. Win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I don't know anything else. Huh. I, honestly, I I uh, let me. Do you mind if I look at my phone to see what time yeah. it is? Okay, it's like uh, one. Okay, yeah. I got a little bit of time. Yeah, I got two moments. Yeah, great. Pretty good on here.
Yeah, thank you for being so polite. I'm really into manners. Um, I'm compulsively polite. That was like the one thing that served me and my brother well in our community, even being the weird pagan kids. We were really polite. <laughs> yeah, pagan doesn't yeah. mean yeah. bad. No, and that's yeah. what we tried to explain to people. We just, our family doesn't care about church. It does <laughs> make me mad. I, yeah. I'm someone who, uh, I've noticed recently I haven't held the door open as yeah. much, and I'm expecting the door held open for me which I want to change. Yeah. But when I hold the door open for people and they just walk through without saying thank you or anything, mm. like they are royalty and I am here to please yeah. them, I always say, you're welcome to yeah. them in this like passive aggressive yeah. bullshit yeah. way. Yeah. It's, and I'm like, gross, dude. What are you yeah. doing? But it's also such a trigger for me. Like, yeah. like the idea of being, um, like it feels like dishonor when something like that, even that small happens and it really sets me off. Yeah, I know. I'm you the know? same way because I'm like, it doesn't take much to be polite. And that's why I'm very much harping on that. Like, I literally will be sick for days if it's like, oh my God, I forgot to put my glass in the sink. <laughs> someone's house like. so there's like this like yeah. weird dramatic music playing yeah. as we go over to your coffee table and there's a glass on the coffee table and it's like dun dun dun, dun, dun. dun. Yeah. oh no no so you have a lot of order you yeah. like order I'm very OCD yeah yeah I get that yeah is there something pleasing about how clean the the table is that we're talking to on right now. Yeah. Uh, when I record my podcast, uh, Weed and Grub, with my co-host Mary Jane Gibson, we were recording last night, and I was like, we need to stop, and I need to take all of this stuff that's on this table and just move it somewhere else so that I have a blank slate that we're talking on. I couldn't deal with the amount of stuff on a table. It was so distracting to me that I couldn't, like, function. And it was real weird, but then as soon as it was clear, we had a great episode. I, you know, put it up, posted it. People were like, this is so great. And I was like, thank you. But it was a very weird moment of me being like, I need to clear the space so that my mind is also clear. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm pretty bad about that because, like, I currently have to fix some shells in my apartment. And it's literally, like, I dribble, I mean, I have to smoke more weed to sleep because I'm like... I know that's in the wrong spot. It's in the wrong spot. It's eating me alive. What are you vaping? Are you smoking a bowl? What's your your choice right now? I'm all about the flower. Like, you know, that's my favorite thing. I do vape in uh, public, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There you go. Get it. I know. That's me. I'm like, I normally smoke a bowl before this in my apartment, but I hadn't vacuumed. um, And I figured I should try to start using them here. There you go. Yeah. Set the tone in your apartment complex. Make yeah. new friends, smoking weed with them. Wow, you yeah. do have a lot of pens. Yeah, I know. Everyone's like, how many big pens do you have? I'm like, they're all for different things, and I know what they are. Because, yeah, one of them, I'm like, oh, that one needs to be charged, but yeah. Exactly. You don't eat the same thing for lunch every day. I know. I'm like, yeah, these just, what I, well, I like the disposable ones, but they often just, like, fuck up. Like, and, and you're like, I need the, the stuff out of it. But yeah, I was like, and this one had been pretty good, this crew one. I got for free at uh, Bud Trader's gifting suite. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Dang, you got the hookups. Mm-hmm. Do people like you in the weed game? Yeah, like, and I'm getting there. Would you like some? I'm good. Thank no, you. Right I have now. my Steezy in my pocket. Shout uh-huh. out Steezy. Yeah. Uh, it's my little thing to use all the time underneath, and I just kind of stick with it because it works for me. That's cool. Yeah, I know. I, I do a little bit of everything because I love the topicals because um, I used to, I was a gymnast. Oh, yeah. I was always wondering about your sport. What was your sport? Hockey. Uh, oh, great. The greatest sport of all time. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Great. Are you a big Blues fan? Uh, I was, yeah. yeah. And then I moved to Chicago, and Chicago was... And then was, they win. And then they win. <laughs> I was like, well, this is who I like now. I like winners, yeah. Yeah, I know. That's, that's the thing. It's like, if people are like, how's it being a Stars fan? I'm like, it sucks 90% of the time, but at one point, we were a dynasty. Um, True that. The Mike Madonna time was... Thank you. you guys, y'all were killing it. It was you, great. You said the key word. You knew who Mike Madonna was. <laughs> we should be friends forever. All right, it's Because awesome. that's literally... Because like at, like Adam Carolla, since he's my hero, I'm like, I did want to, once I get more established, make a documentary. But Because I know Mike Madonna, and he's just such a nice guy. I'm like, I want to make a documentary on Momo. And I'm the greatest American hockey player. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Patrick Kane. Suck it. Let's have one fucking thing. One thing we have <laughs> is Mike Madano and the dent on the Stanley Cup. This is where I get really angry because I get really defensive of we made the dent. Uh-huh. And he Paul threw it off the roof at E. Carpino's house into the hot tub. Yes. That's where, that's the Dallas Stars win. We, we dented the Stanley Cup when we won it. 
And we have Mike Dunham, the greatest American hockey player. Not Patrick Kane. Because, let's face it, if America's a beauty contest, Mike Dunham, no offense Patrick, this dude's still very pretty. And he's in well into his 40s. And he's a gorgeous yeah. man, huh? Yeah. He's gorgeous. I want to, uh, I want, can I help you on this doc, yes. low-key, so I can meet him? Oh, yeah, you and, want to meet my mom? Yeah, that would be very fun. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I would love to make that, because, and the thing about, uh, sorry, I just call him Momo, uh, but yeah, he, he loves attention, so, like, I know he'd be all in for it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll bring my equipment, see if he still got it, or if I'm going to yeah. make glove save after glove save on him. Maybe, maybe... Maybe I can shut Madonna down. He'll never score on me. That would be the dream. Yeah. If I can be in your dock and I can play goalie, because I'm a goalie, oh, and yeah. and if uh, he just never scores, <laughs> that'd be it. No, because uh, Mo is lazy, like, and that's sort of why his career wasn't as long as it, as it should have been. Not like Yager. Yeah, Yager Yager is like my favorite hockey player of all time. Yeah. Um, because he's greatest. Um. Yes, he, he, I mean, he played so late into yeah. his 40s yeah. when most people wouldn't be able to hang anymore because he's just technically incredible and he's the smartest person on the ice and he's such a good leader in the locker room. Yeah, and he works his ass off. Um, and because, yeah, he had a key the, the few months he played with the Dallas Stars, he had a key to the state, you know, the stadium because, like, their practice stadium is pretty well open. Like, that's how I got to know a lot of people. Is like, I you can go know. kick it with them? Yeah. <laughs> Like cool. I even dated a player. I won't say who, but um, was it? What, who was it? Um, I'm like I think a lot of people know uh, Jamie Ben, like our captain. Really? Yeah. I bet it was a fun time, Evan. Yeah. I yeah. hope the relationship was fun. Yeah, like it, 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 as I'll say, that is sort of what pushed me to come out here. You know, for better or for worse. Wow. Yeah. How, how? Yeah, like like sort of gave me the confidence in it to know that I, I could do this. That's like, awesome. Yeah. Because you were dating someone you were into, they were into you, and you were like, oh, yeah. I can like control my destiny a bit yeah it was cool wow well, yeah. i love that you quit texas or yeah. in a way well yeah i will say like as much as i you know in against a lot of like you know useless pride in like america or where you're from i do like that i'm from texas i guess there is a level of it but like i try to be like but yes i'm sure i you know st louis is a great city too so like i don't think like oh like being from Texas is cool, but other places are cool too. But yeah, I, I didn't, I, and I do, I've been wanting to go back, like, just because I miss food. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Yeah. What's the, what was the, Taylor, right? Uh, Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. What was it there? Was it barbecue just like everywhere else? Yeah. Like, we had this great barbecue place, Hickory Fair, and they had fried okra, which is like my favorite side dish. Because honestly, I won't eat the barbecue place if they don't have fried okra. I'm like, this is garbage. I love that that's the test. Yeah. The real, the BBQ test is if they have fried okra or not, if you're legit. Yeah, because there is a place in Van Nuys that even claims to be Tyler, Texas barbecue. Hogley Wogley's Tyler, Texas barbecue. Uh But it's a lie. They don't have fried okra. Ooh, I love that you're putting them on blast. Yeah. Come on, Hoggly Woggly. Yeah. Get your life right. Don't claim you're from Tyler. (laughs) 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 You should should walk in there with just a huge cup of fried okra and just throw it at him and be like, this is what it should be. I'm from there. Yeah. Yeah. God, you're garbage. (laughs) But yeah, like, um, and we have a lot of good Asian food because people don't realize, like, P.F. Chang's started in Houston, Hmm. Bayway in Dallas, a lot of your famous Asian chains because Dallas, Koreatown, much smaller than here, but way better spas. Because really? they have water parks in them. Yeah. So fun. Yeah, it's amazing. So fun. I've never been yeah. to a, a spa. Yeah. So maybe if I do, the first one I should go to is in Texas instead yeah. of down the street. Yeah. Like, I I like, I will say, we spa here and spa palace are pretty good. Um, spa palace is the closest you're going to get to, like, the Dallas ones because they do have a pool. But I don't like someone scrubbing my armpits. Yeah, you don't have to do the Korean body scrub. Like, and trust me, if you've ever seen Evil Dead, you know, the Korean body scrub is very much like when Cheryl gets raped by the tree. I've never like, seen Evil Dead either. No, so now no. you're making me equate dead skin being scrubbed off me with... With tree, tree, with tree uh Yeah, uh, I don't know because I'm like I'm into the, like the uh, Korean body scrub, but it just I would just say it's like a branch scraping you, <laughs> um, like pretty, and and they get into some areas. Let's just say people. Uh, yeah, crevices. Yeah. Huh. But you know that's not for everybody, See, and you don't have to do the body scrub. Well, they, can they scrub. do it from ankles up? I just don't want anyone touching my feet. 
It's I'm yeah. too ticklish. So can I like can <laughs> yeah, I put you can red zones? Tell her, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's the way I'll wear. I'll like keep my shoes on. Yeah. Well, yeah. Most of the Korean spas are just like sitting in hot rooms and hot tubs, like and then eating. Great. Delicious food. Like, great. I'll bring a book. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's great to have a book while you're in the little hot rooms. This is mm-hmm. nice. All right. Mm-hmm. So don't that's quit that. Yeah. Don't quit Korean spas. I mean, no matter how many times you get a UTI. <laughs> <laughs> I don't quit that. <laughs> yeah. Just, just drink cranberry juice, guys. Like, yeah. That's what I hear. Yeah. Yeah. I I um I love I love the idea of going to a Korean spa with a huge thing of cranberry juice and a good book and everyone mm-hmm. being like, Yeah, you've been here before. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Perfect. I know. I'm like, oh Ron, I think you're gonna have to leave. Why don't you uh to tell them where they can keep up the conversation with you. With me? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I love doing my podcast, Weed and Grub, with Mary Jane Gibson. We drop episodes every Wednesday, Weed and Grub. We're about to go on tour uh, after my live show, Glazed. If you're in L.A. and you want to come to Glazed, it's at the Hollywood Improv on March 28th, which is also my birthday. Uh, past guests for that are like Jerry Seinfeld, Dave Chappelle, big, big names, uh, a cyborg magician named Anastasia Sin. I try and put on a really great show. Um, so what is that? Glazed. That's Weed and Grub. Weed and Grub is about to go on tour. So if you're in Alaska, Vancouver, Oregon, Washington, California, places. Vegas, or New York, we're coming to you. And you can find me at GlazerBooHooHoo on Instagram. Or you can find Weed and Grub at Weed and Grub on Instagram. Or you can find me at my apartment. Just knock on the door and come smoke a bowl with me. All right, that invitation is also open uh, for me as well. And since I'm the Preacher Line, guys, you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. See you next Tuesday. Have you ever wanted all your questions and cannabis answered? Have you ever wanted to hear, you get some weed, you get some weed, you get some weed? Well, that's what Dopra is here to do. Yes, that's right, Dopra. The Oprah of Weed, coming soon.